I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sattenberg back here, the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we shift gears from the NFL and take a look at some college football. The schedule got off to an exciting start with both favorites winning on Thursday, Houston. Uh, taking care of uh, their business in their game against Tulane. And it was Coastal Carolina handling their business at Arkansas State. Both favorites did cover. Uh, Coastal was laying about 20, and they won by 32. And Houston, with a big-time performance, uh, a big win. They were six-and-a-half-point favorites. They were up 14 nothing after the first quarter. But then it turned into a sweat as Tulane uh, made this one close. But then... Um, it was obviously uh, the, uh, the the win for Houston, the unnecessary sweat, as I call it, as they took care of their business and uh, wound up winning easily by double digits. So now let's turn our attention to the rest of the games coming up here for this weekend. And we have games on Friday, including games with ranked opponents, like the number five team in the nation in Cincinnati, who is going to be home against Temple. Cincinnati is laying 29 points in this game. It's a very interesting spread. First off, there's the situational aspect of this, which is Cincinnati coming off a win against Notre Dame. And there's a belief that, you know, playing against Notre Dame, when you follow up that that game, there's a little bit of uh, a letdown factor. Because of what it takes to, I guess, get up for a game that's going to be nationally televised against a team like Notre Dame. Here's an interesting tweet coming from, let's see, who is this guy on Twitter? I want to give him credit. Uh, Some guy, uh, Dan B. Teams after playing Notre Dame. Six teams have had bye weeks before playing Notre Dame. So having them was a focal so playing them and beating them was a focal point, meaning they spent basically two weeks preparing for Notre Dame. Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Vatech, USC, UNC, and Virginia. The week after playing Notre Dame in a tough game, Florida State lost to Jacksonville State. Toledo was a 15-point favorite. They lost to Colorado State. Purdue lost to Illinois, 
um, against the spread. It was a narrow win. They they didn't cover the spread. Wisconsin lost to Michigan as a home favorite. And now Cincinnati, who is a 29-point favorite in their follow-up game here against Temple. But let me talk to you about this spread, which is very interesting. Cincinnati is favored by 29. The total in this game is 54. So I'm not a math genius here, so I'll use my calculator. 54 minus 29 is 25 points. That, that's such a small margin to allow for a team to score or not score. Like, essentially, do they believe that uh, Cincinnati is going to win this game by such, an, by, by such a margin where Temple's not going to score any points? If Temple scores 14 points in this game, right? Do they think Cincinnati wins 40 to 14? And if they win 40 to 14, which would go under the total, that's only a 26 point win. So it doesn't cover the spread. Basically, all Temple has to do to cover this line, you would think, is score 13 points. If they get in the end zone twice, they're going to cover this game. Now, unless we're talking about Cincinnati scoring 50, 60 somewhat points, but that's not what this line is telling you. The total is set at 54, so they don't believe that it's going to be that type of game. They believe that Temple is not going to score. But Temple, who is 3-2 on the year, has done a nice job of scoring lately. They scored 34 points in a win against Memphis. Now, Memphis's defense is pretty bad, but they scored 34 points. They scored 41 against Wagner, an FCS team. They got pretty much dominated by Boston College, 28-3. to That was a disappointing performance for the Temple offense, right? So they went for it on fourth down multiple times, by the way, and didn't get it. So there was times in that game where they probably could have maybe even taken points. The first time they went for it was on the Boston College 34-yard line. Okay, so that's a chance for three points. So let's just call it three. Um, Now, if they get that first down, who knows? Maybe they score a touchdown. You don't know. But that's one turnover on downs that could have resulted in three points. Another time... They didn't get it on the 24-yard line. That's six points. Another time, they didn't get it on the 34-yard line. That's nine points. Potentially nine points. So instead of scoring three, they would have scored 12. Now, if any of those turnovers on downs resulted in a first down and a subsequent touchdown... You know, the game turns out a lot differently, and you look at their offense a lot differently. They scored 45 points against Akron, and they scored 14 points against Rutgers. Rutgers, one of the best defenses in the country. Opening game on the road, they scored 14 points. I'm not asking them to do much in this game. I'm just asking them to score 14 points. Can you score 14 points? You average 27 points a game. Can you score 14 for me? And if you score 14 for me, you're going to cover this line. It's just, it's wild that this spread is so high considering the situational spot after playing uh, against Notre Dame and then now, you know, going with this line here of 29 with the total being uh, 54. So that's a spot where I'm looking at taking Temple plus the 29 points. Not saying they're going to win, but... 29 is a lot here. How about this? Um, Rod Carey, the uh, Temple coach. So Temple is 5-0 and in their last five games as an underdog of 20 or more points. So they have covered the last five games as a 20 or more point underdog. 
pretty that's a nice little uh nice little run nice little uh nice little run here plus there's also this really weird trend that I saw right um and this is courtesy of Mark Lawrence who has this out that you you play against any team off a win against Notre Dame if they are favored by 11 or more points and facing an opponent with a 400 or better winning percentage now Temple is three and two. Cincinnati's coming off that straight up end against the spread win over Notre Dame. Since 1990, teams in that spot, meaning, you know, Temple in this spot against Cincinnati, 15 and 0 against the spread in that spot. So there, there is something about playing a team after they play Notre Dame. There's something about it. So Temple, look, Cincinnati's going to win this game. They, they should not lose this at all. They should win, but 29 is too much. I'm going to take the 29 points. Your other two games coming up on Friday, you have Charlotte at FIU. Charlotte is laying three and a half points at home in this one to uh, Florida International. Florida International is just one and four on the year. Charlotte is three and two. Uh, if you take a look at um, the defense, though, for Florida International, they are allowing... 502 yards per game. That is a lot of yardage allowed per game. Uh, It probably ranks, let's see um, where it ranks here in the nation uh, in total defense. It's probably one of the worst in the nation, right? You got to think 502 yards um, per game. Let's see. You're 100 and, yep, the 128th ranked defense in the nation. That is good for the, also known as the third worst defense in the country, is Florida International. (laughs) Arkansas State, by the way, who lost to Coastal Carolina as a 20-point underdog at home, they have the worst defense in the country. UMass, the second worst defense in the country, and FIU, the third worst defense in the country. So Charlotte uh, laying the three and a half points, probably the play on the road. And then a big game in the Pac-12, Arizona State laying 13 at home to Stanford. Now, Arizona State is uh, probably the bright spot for the Pac-12 right now, with Oregon coming off their loss, and Oregon also losing... Uh, C.J. Verdal for the season. Arizona's here, ranked number 22. They're the only other ranked team in the Pac-12. They're 4-1 overall, 2-0 in the South. They have the inside track as to winning the South. And probably the best bet to get to the Rose Bowl is Arizona State right now. They're laying 13, though, against the Stanford team coming off this upset win. Do you fade the team coming off that big upset win? That would be the situational spot here, plus this Arizona State defense only allowing 17.4 points per game. I back the Sun Devils in this one. I'm going to give you my best pick for Saturday. Actually, a couple of games that I like, but I'll give you uh, one of my best bets and another game that I like as well coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. A lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sandenberg back here, The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, taking a look at college football on the slate for this Saturday, uh, I have two plays that I like. I have one that is an official play for me, and then one that could wind up being a play for me if I talk myself into it, which I'm pretty sure I can. Uh, but I have already released two plays. You can read them on vcin.com. The first one was Houston here on Thursday night, and they cashed. So we're going to go for a clean sweep of the weekend. And the second pick is Memphis. Memphis is plus three, and the line could actually move to three and a half because Tulsa minus three is at minus 120. Uh, the reason why I like this game so much is because of a couple of factors. One, I don't know why Tulane's favored in this game. If you handicap it just off of the numbers, everything would point to Tulane, I mean, excuse me, to uh, Memphis being the better team here. Their offense is better. They are doing a lot of things better than Tulsa is doing. Defensively, there's a big mismatch. Memphis's defense is terrible. Tulsa's defense is... Nothing to write home about. They allow 33.4 points per game. Um, But offensively, they're only scoring 22.2 points per game. Memphis is scoring 37.8. Memphis is allowing 32.2. Memphis lost the last two games. And maybe that's why people are down on them. They lost by three points to Temple last week. And they lost as a three-point favorite at home to Texas-San Antonio, and they lost by three points there. That was a situational spot for them, coming off the win against Mississippi State, which meant a lot to them. And, and you know, I can, I can understand why people bet on UTSA in that spot, but Memphis uh, lost by three. Memphis lost, so the last two games that Memphis lost were by a combined six points. And in those games, they fumbled the football four times. If they just hold on to the football, and even with the turnovers, just make a couple of plays, they are very close to being 5-0 and rather than being 3-2. and And if they were 5-0, and what would the spread on this game be? Memphis would certainly be favored as a 5-0 and team going on the road to take on Tulsa. But let's take a look at what the offense is doing for Memphis. Like I said, they average 37.8 points per game. 476 yards per game. Freshman quarterback Seth Hennigan has thrown for 12 touchdowns, just one interception. The, the, the fumbles have been an issue, and it's something that head coach Ryan Silverfield has addressed this week in practice. They've done a lot of ball security drills, if you will. So I don't expect them to put the football on the ground. Uh, if they hold on to the football, don't turn the ball over, they should score on every possession. That's how good their offense is versus this Tulsa defense that in the last three games has allowed 120 points. They've allowed 40 points per game in their last three games. That's just wild. 
Memphis is a team that averages almost 40 points per game. And Tulsa is allowing, over the last three games, 40 points per game. Now, say what you will about the defense. Defense is bad. Bad. Memphis is allowing 465 yards per game. They do rank um, in the bottom 20 in the country in sacks and takeaways. And head coach Ryan Silverfield kind of made a, made it a point this week. You know, obviously talk, doing the ball security stuff as well. But he said that they need to create more havoc. They need to create more havoc plays. So how do you do that? Maybe there's more blitzes. Maybe they, they try and get after the quarterback more and force the issue to create some havoc in the backfield. So don't be surprised if Memphis tries sending extra attackers because what, can the, what, what are you going to lose? Your defense is atrocious anyway. If you just line up and play the way you've been playing, you're going to allow them to score 30 points. So why not just send the house, do something, force the issue. Maybe you get a turnover. Maybe you get a sack. Maybe that's what they're going to do here against Tulsa. But here's something that really jumped off, jumped off the page to me when I was handicapping this game. Tulsa is the fourth most penalized team in the country. Most of their penalties are actually on the offensive side of the football. They are the second worst team in the country when it comes to offensive penalties. The second worst team in offensive penalties. They have been penalized on offense. See if I can get it here. I believe it's 50 times that they have had flags thrown on them on offense. One, that's inexcusable. Two, that is just the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard of. (laughs) That is how you help out a struggling defense. By constantly playing behind the chains. If it's first and 15 because of a false start penalty, second and 20 because of a holding penalty, that's how you help a Memphis defense get off the field. By shooting yourself in the foot. By creating those penalties. So if Tulsa continues to be undisciplined, if they continue to get penalized, which they have done so in every game that they're playing. Like I said, they are the second most flags in the country on offense. The fourth most total flags in the country overall. And if that's what keeps happening, they were flagged against Houston 11 times for 119 yards. Against Arkansas State, they were flagged 10 times for 84 yards. Against Ohio State, they were flagged 11 times for 100 yards. And against Oklahoma State, they were flagged 6 times for 61 yards. You, you You get my point here. The double-digit penalties in these games are just ridiculous. Uh, You know, going back to their game against the Oklahoma State, I guess it wasn't that bad. But 11 for over 100 yards, 10 for 100 yards, you know, 11 for over 100 yards. That's how you lose a football game. And so I do not trust any team laying any amount of points when they are that undisciplined. So I'm going to take the points with Memphis in a game that I absolutely think that they can win outright because I think Memphis's offense is going to score well into the 30s, and I think Tulsa is going to shoot themselves in the foot one too many times with the penalties. So Memphis plus the three, if you get it at three and a half, even better. That's going to be an official play for me, the second official play for me. The other game that I was leaning towards, and I haven't played it yet, and I might play it because I've talked about it a lot, is Kentucky against LSU. I'll admit I was afraid of this. 
I was afraid of this line. I was afraid of the letdown spot. You know, Kentucky find them, finds themselves now into the top 25. They were unranked. They shoot all the way up to 16th now, right? And they're 5-0. and They're feeling really good about themselves after the win against Florida. And in that win against Florida, you know, they got lucky to get that punt block, the, the kick block, and return it for the touchdown, or else they probably lose that game. They're at home. It's prime time. The crowd's going to be insane. So that's the edge that will help them for sure. But I think the handicap for me here is just uh, with this LSU team, and I think this season's lost for them. Uh, the players have to know that Ed Orgeron is, is out of a job. And I think it's like the worst kept secret that everyone knows that he's going to be gone and it might happen if they lose this game to Kentucky. So there's one angle where you could say, oh, the players are going to fight for him. They're going to fight for his job. I think it's, a, it's just a matter of time. It's a fait, fait accompli that it's Ed Orgeron's going to get fired. And I think the players know that. And so maybe everything that he's trying to preach to them just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Like they're not listening to him. Because he does, they know that he's gone. And so maybe that there's a lack of focus there because they know that he's not going to be there maybe as soon as next week. Uh, I also worry about the lack of adjustments that are going to be made on offense because one of the big things that they've been talking about is how the offensive adjustments have come too late to the line of scrimmage. So they're going to probably dumb down the playbook here against Kentucky. I might talk myself into a play, in, a play here on Kentucky. We'll talk about the big fight coming up on Saturday with our very own Dave Ross coming up next here on The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. football season your best sports betting season ever start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts including 24 7 video streaming daily best bet emails betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis you get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe Scott Seidenberg back here with you. The look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining me now, our very own host of the Green Zone, as well as First Strike, our combat sports show here at VSIN, Dave Ross. And Dave, I understand you hit a nice little bet on Thursday with the Rams, although a little bit of a sweat uh, until that is Russell Wilson left the game. Yeah, Scott, he never let him see a sweat, right? Yeah. <laughs> It was absolutely a sweat in some of the play calling you and I were discussing off air. And look, I'm not going to challenge Sean McVay and, and Pete Carroll and, and semantics, but sometimes it's the reason why these games are maybe you're sweating them out a little bit more than you would think. You know, I, I, for the life of me, I just don't understand some of these decision making in scoring situations. And I understand how analytics play into it. This was a, a game clearly dominated by the Rams tonight. And obviously, when Russell Wilson went out, they, they actually picked up their play with Geno Smith for, for about a, a possession and a half. But I think we saw who the better team was tonight in the Rams. I just thought that some of the Rams play calling early. And, and let's be honest, uh, early on, Matt Stafford did not look very good, it, it, at least in the first half when they were down 7-3. to three. I know he had a finger issue as well. But if, if the Rams are supposed to be the best team in the NFC, we all crowned them that after they beat Tampa Bay two weeks ago. I really haven't seen it in their last two games. They're going to have to play better. I think they will play better. They escaped tonight. I was fortunate to cover that two and a half. And I feel awful for people that had Seattle and the teaser play plus eight and a half. That is an awful beat. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Um, now, <laughs> as far as the Rams go, though, Rams or Cardinals, who wins this division? Well, you know, I saw before tonight's game uh, that BetMGM had them at plus 170. Both of those teams are at plus 170 to win this division. I would still lean Rams here, even though the Cardinals have the, the game in hand with that head-to-head victory. they got to play, obviously, one more time out in the desert. But traditionally, we, we've seen recently where Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury get off to these great starts, and I don't think they're Fugazi by any stretch. I think it's a legit contender in the NFC. 
But I do think they're going to come back to the pack. Scott, I don't look at the Cardinals and see a, you know, a 14 and three football team here going down the stretch. I look at them as a 12 and five, 13 and four football team. And that's what I think the Rams will be too. I think they're going to be neck and neck, but if you make me wager today, I still think the Rams at that plus 170, which is great value now. Uh, than it might have been a couple weeks ago, certainly after the Tampa Bay victory. All right, Dave, let's get into this fight here on Saturday night here yeah. in Vegas. It is the trilogy, right? Wilder Fury 3. Uh, I remember where I was when uh, I watched the second fight. Uh, I was at a bar, and I had uh, I had Tyson Fury on the plus money, which uh, I was very happy to cash that night. But now Tyson Fury finds himself as a heavy favorite, minus 295 on DraftKings. Compared to Deontay Wilder's plus 235. Uh, first off, before we get into any predictions on the fight, how hyped are you for this fight? And uh, did you expect, obviously, a third fight between the, the two of them? You know, it's interesting, Scott. I, I was at a bar also in Chicago for the uh, second fight. And I remember it very well, too. The shock of, one, the way that Deontay Wilder came out in whatever that costume was that yeah, yeah, yeah. weighed him down in the ring that night. He says that's the reason why he lost that second fight. But I was shocked by that turn of events in, in the second fight. And so I thought there would be a third fight. But I got to be honest with you here. It, it, it surprises me when I look at DeAndre Wilder being this big of a dog. Because just looking at it from an odd standpoint, to me at one point before they began these first two fights, I thought DeAndre Wilder was a was a a legacy heavyweight, a guy we would talk about for generations to come at the barbershop and, and maybe start to kick his name around as one of those great American heavyweights of all time. And boy, did that go away with those two fights. The first one we put in air quotes as a draw. Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. second one, obviously, where he gets dominated and gets knocked out by Tyson Fury. Because let's remember this, Scott. Tyson Fury, before these two fights, was a journeyman. That's what he was. He was an enigma inside that ring. And Deontay Wilder was the guy that we were talking about in historical connotations. Deontay Wilder is the guy with a 97% knockout rate. Deontay Wilder is the guy with that great right hand and, you know, takes us back to the George Foreman days and the Mike Tyson days of great American power punching uh, heavyweights that just knocked cats out left and right. That's who we thought Deontay Wilder was. Well, is he that guy? Because then when you start to dig into the resume a little bit of the guys he fought, it does kind of have that rocky feel to it of like, mm. all right, you know, those guys, they was husbands, you know, I was like, yeah. back yeah. before he fought Mr. T in the second, you know, Rocky three, that basically he hadn't fought anybody to win that belt. And maybe that is who DeAndre Wilder is, because if he doesn't beat Fury in this third fight, there is no legacy that's associated with DeAndre Wilder, period. It's over. So to me, when I look at those odds, and knowing that that's the way he's got to feel, that this is his real shot at redemption, not just to beat Tyson Fury, but redemption in the sense of we talk about him in historical connotations as a great American heavyweight. Scott, that's what's on the line for him Saturday night. That's how big this fight is for his all-time legacy. And that's why I think those odds right now are really good. They're going to incentivize me as a gambler, and I know they've got to incentivize DeAndre Wilder as a huge underdog. Well, well listen, uh, the, 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 the only reason why I bet against him in the second fight was because he stood me up at the Super Bowl. And I took it personally. Oh. Uh, he was supposed like, to stop. You up? He, he was supposed to. He was supposed to come by the booth on Radio Row, and uh, I waited. I waited. I waited, and he never showed. So I said, when the next fight came, I said, I'm betting against him, and I cashed. So <laughs> there, there it was. <laughs> but, but that being said, though, right. That being said, though, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, these odds are, are too good to pass up when you consider the guy's got one punch knockout power almost at plus 300 here. I mean, come on. They're begging me to take Wilder. Absolutely. And here's the thing about Deontay Wilder. If he is for real, if we are to take him at face value for that second fight where he made up every excuse in the world, including, of course, his outrageous ring walk and you know, I, I don't know how much that armor weighed him down and all those things. But let's just take all that at face value and say all of that is true. Then I want him to come out with a Mike Tyson towel 
cut around his head, mm. and he runs into that ring with nothing on him, no frills, no entrance, no energy expended uh, on the way to make that ring walk. Look, you can say whatever you want about Mike Tyson, but that's what he did in his heyday. When Mike Tyson was the most dominant heavyweight we had arguably ever seen, it was no frills. He didn't care about the camera. He didn't care about putting a show yep. on. He didn't care about a ring entrance and an entourage. He cared about intimidating you as the opponent in that ring. And part of it was that no frills attitude that I'm here for all business. If I'm wearing a towel, guess what? I'm taking that towel off and it's go time. So Not would you towel. do would you do wilder yeah. then at plus two thirty five or wilder by, by knockout at plus two seventy five? I've got to take Wilder by knockout at plus 275 because there's only one way he wins this fight. Yes, yeah, by knockout. Yep. By knocking out. That, that's it. That's the only style. That's the only way he can win. I don't think he can beat Tyson Fury on points. What Tyson Fury is going to do is what he did in the first fight, right? He's going to try to frustrate yeah. Deontay Wilder, and he did that very well in that first fight. And I think really surprised Wilder that he actually could utilize that style. And remember, Fury's a big guy. So he can physically weigh on you in the clinch a little bit, yep. kind of weigh on you, make you make you carry his weight, and that's what he wants to do with Wilder. Frustrate him early. He can take a punch. We've all seen that in the first two fights. Take him into deeper waters again. That's why when you look at the over-under at 7.5, if you're a Fury backer, you got to play the over in that. If you're a Wilder backer, I think there's real money to be made for the under. Because those are the styles that are going to go to victory. If the fight script for Fury is going to be frustration and elongation, you play the over and you play Fury possibly by decision. Look, Deontay Wilder still has that great one-punch knockout power that you mentioned, Scott. And if that fight script goes, it's Wilder by knockout, and it comes earlier than seven and a half rounds. All right, I think I'm going to take that then at plus 275. Uh, real quick, Dave, about 30 seconds. Um, with Anthony Joshua losing, I mean, what's next for either of these fighters after this fight? Great question, because we all wanted to see that with Joshua. That was supposed to be Joshua and Wilder back in the day. The fact that that's never happened is, well, it's boxing, right? That explains how box, boxing works here. Who, who really knows? I just want to see how this goes, because Fury, what else does he have? He's just collecting paychecks at this stage of his career. For Wilder, it is about legacy. If he wins, maybe there's a fourth fight to even the score once and for all. Because remember right now, sure, it's 1-0-1, but really it's 2-0 Fury. So I think Fury can make a legitimate claim if it goes the distance and somehow Wilder wins it in controversial or, or, or unconvincing fashion. You can make the argument for a fourth fight. Good stuff, Dave. Appreciate the time, the insight. We'll be watching and listening this weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. You got it, Scott. Thanks, man. There he is, Dave Ross. Check him out this weekend. The Green Zone here on VSIN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead on the Sports Betting Network. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... 
in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. NHL season is almost here, and our hockey experts, betting experts, are ready for all the action. The VSIN Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season-long trends to watch. This hockey guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those that are new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season. Get your digital copy now for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Next week, coming up uh, Monday night, I believe, Andy McNeil will join us here on The Look Ahead as we preview the NHL season. Right now, I believe the Colorado Avalanche are the favorite to win Lord Stanley's Cup followed by the Vegas Golden Knights, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, you know, can Lightning strike uh, three times in a row? Uh, you got the Toronto Maple Leafs up there, the Bruins, Islanders. It's going to be a fun hockey season. Uh, we'll see if my Rangers can actually make some noise this season. Uh, doubt it, but always fun rooting for your hometown team. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And my thanks to Dave Ross for uh, joining me on the program. Talk a little bit about this fight that's coming up this weekend. It is the third fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. And I really like taking the plus money here with Wilder. Plus 275 for Wilder to win by knockout, DQ, or TKO is the way to go for me. Uh, Fury at minus 295 is just wow. How do you lay that juice? And if you're going to take Deontay Wilder, like we talked about, there's only one way that he wins the fight, and it's by knockout. He's not going to win by points. That's not his style. He's not even that great of a boxer. But he's the best or one of the best knockout guys that we've ever seen. You know, it's just one punch, and the fight is over. And it's just a matter of can he box around and strategically time it to get that punch off, and can Fury handle it? And Fury, over the first two fights, showed that he can handle those hits. I mean, he took some shots, especially in that last fight. He took some shots, um, but he was the one that came out victorious, and, and he just kept leaning and weighing on Wilder, and Wilder got tired, and yes, that crazy excuse about uh, his costume weighing him down and making him tired and whatever, but I think Wilder, with the plus money, is going to be the way to go here. So I'll go with the plus 275, which it is on DraftKings, for Wilder to win by knockout. Uh, let's take a look now at uh, what's going on for this Friday night. We got Friday Night Lights, uh, college football action, of course. Uh, three games on your schedule. And then, of course, the Saturday slate is going to be so exciting. But you got Temple, Cincinnati, Charlotte, Florida International, and Stanford, Arizona State. I want to dive more into the Stanford, Arizona State game because uh, we touched on the other two a little bit and we didn't really get much into the Stanford, Arizona State matchup. Arizona State is minus 13 and a half points. And uh, I look at these two teams, and and for me, the situational spot is really where I'm going to kind of jump in here for uh, Arizona State and Stanford, because Stanford is coming off a huge win, right, against Oregon in overtime. So it's not just beating the number three ranked team in the nation, it's beating the number three ranked team in the nation, but in overtime. And so I'm not saying that, you know, takes a little more out of you by winning a game in overtime, but it's extra football. And anytime you play extra football, it's you know never a good thing to play extra football. But uh, I do think that there is a little bit of a situational spot here to target with uh, Stanford coming off that win and going with this Arizona State program to continue 
to rise here and uh, make you know make themselves a candidate to win this Pac-12 title. Uh, they are the front runners right now in the Pac-12 South, and I think that they're a good bet to win that division. And then it's a matter of going and seeing what happens in the matchup in the North. Um, Arizona State is coming off the big win at UCLA, 42-23. Before that, beating Colorado. They lost to BYU at BYU. They were a three-point favorite. They lost that game. Uh, Wins against UNLV in Southern Utah, I wiped those out. And for Stanford, it was the huge win uh, as an eight-and-a-half-point underdog against Oregon. Before that, they lost to UCLA. So if you want to do the comparison games, they lost to UCLA 35-24. Arizona State beat UCLA on the road 42-23. Arizona State defensively playing really well, allowing just 17.4 points per game. They're scoring 34.4 points per game. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the, the spread being 13 or 13 and a half, but they are home prime time on a Friday night in a situational spot. I would actually look towards Arizona State in the first half. And that first half line right now is minus seven. I think it's a safe bet that Arizona State goes into the half with a touchdown lead. That might be the angle that I look to attack here in this game is for Arizona State to get off to a fast start. Stanford, not so much. Uh, Feed off the crowd. Arizona State at home, you know, feeling themselves into the rankings now at number 22. So that's kind of the angle that I'm going to play here is going and and feeding off this Arizona State team to get out to a fast start at home. And I'll take them minus seven in the first half. That's where I would lean uh, for this game. There's a lot of spots on this card that... You know, you could take a look at for some underdogs that you think might win or some some heavy favorites. I think this is one of those weeks where, and we saw it on Thursday, where the favorites dominate. And it happens. Like, yes, there are weeks where there are upsets galore. But I think this is a week where you're going to see the favorites win. And we already saw the two in Houston and in Uh, Coastal Carolina cover on Thursday. I think you'll see um, Arizona State cover on Friday. Cincinnati, I hope not, because I have a Temple ticket at plus 29, so I hope not with uh, Cincinnati. But I'm talking about the rest of this, this board. Like, I think Oklahoma beats Texas and covers. I think Ole Miss beats Arkansas and covers. Uh, I think Ohio State's going to cover a big line against Maryland. I think Georgia is going to cover the big line against Auburn. Alabama is going to cover a big line against um, uh, who does Alabama? Um, Alabama's going to against Texas A and M. That's right. That game that before the season was circled as one of the biggest games on the schedule in a game where you might consider taking uh, Texas A and M in an underdog role, but uh, Alabama like they going to cover that one. So I think that this could be a week that the favorites really jump out and and do something. I could be completely wrong and all the underdogs can wind up covering and you know maybe one of these teams like Texas A&M or like Auburn wins outright or or Arkansas wins outright at Ole Miss, but uh I I just don't see that happening. Um and the games that are the most intriguing are the ones that are so closely Uh, decided here with the point spreads like the Kentucky game against LSU which is only a three point line like Penn State Iowa which is the biggest game of the day number three versus number four Iowa minus one and a half and uh, there's no reason to bet the spread in that one if you think uh, Penn State's going to win you take them at plus 110 if you think Iowa's going to win you take them at minus 130 Uh, I think Iowa wins that one at home so I'll go with Iowa minus 130 Um, and there's really no real underdogs that on this card, with the exception of Temple with the plus 29 on Friday night, there's no real dogs that I'm looking at on this Saturday slate and thinking, yeah, 
that's a really, you know, fun bet. Or that's a, you know, a good little underdog money line parlay or round robin candidate. Like Memphis, I'm playing at plus three. I think Memphis wins outright. But besides that, like, where is the underdog that, you know, is it Nebraska plus three against Michigan? Is it LSU plus three against Kentucky? I already told you, I don't like that spot. Is it Navy plus 13 and a half against SMU, that SMU offense, which is on fire? Is it Syracuse plus five and a half against Wake Forest? Maybe Syracuse at home in the Carrier Dome has played well, but this is a afternoon game. It's not like it's the primetime game that they had against Liberty when they won outright as a touchdown underdog. This is a Saturday afternoon game. Don't know if it's going to have the same type of intensity. Does Florida State cover as a 17.5-point underdog against North Carolina? I don't really like a lot of these underdogs this week. Uh, I really just don't. We'll get back into the NFL, plus the four games in Major League Baseball in the Division Series that will be in what is going to be a great Friday of sports. We'll get into all of that coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. It's the look ahead here on v I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. 